Hey, golf fans, ESPN Plus is the exclusive home of PGA Tour Live, the only way to stream the PGA Tour all season long. ESPN Plus offers four unique feeds so you can watch the golf how you like, stream the main feed, a TV-style broadcast showing you the best shots on the course, or follow every single shot from Rory, Rom, and all your favorite players with the featured groups feed. Want to spend all day watching the world's best take on the famous 17th at Sawgrass? The featured holes feed is for you. Stream over 35 tournaments every year from the Waste Management Phoenix Open to the players to the FedEx Cup playoffs. It's all on ESPN+. Plus. Sign up now at ESPNplus.com slash golf. Have your caddy be tending the flag. And, you know, if it looks like it's going in, have them pull the damn thing. I mean, right. could you imagine this costing you, you know, $300,000, $400,000, a chance for your first PGA Tour win? You might as well use the guy. So yeah. if the caddy pulls it, though, and it hits the hole and misses, then the caddy's getting tarred and feathered. Yeah. And then, you know, they're really a little smart. Well, he would be, but practice it and see what the yeah. best thing is to do. I mean, come on. Welcome back to The Loop. I'm Alex Myers. As always, I'm joined by Steve Hennessy, Christopher Powers. We've got a fun show today uh, with our guest, Kyle Berkshire, the world number one long driver. Uh, not the defending world champ, but he is still the, the number one guy. He's the guy who, if he hits it on the grid, he wins. You guys know him with the, the flowing hair and everything else. He's Bryson's buddy. Um, and World Long Drive has some very exciting news. So we will get into that with him in a bit. But first, we have to start, obviously, with, speaking of world number ones, he's not world number one yet, but it's kind of amazing. John Rahm wins again. He is undefeated in 2023. Um, I think the craziest part about this, CP, you wrote about this in the, the betting post leading into it, is this is, of course, the event that he called a, quote, piece of shit putting contest last year <laughs> on a hot mic. He comes back and he wins a putting contest 27 under uh and after he even it had a comment about i guess i i guess i won the putting contest this year so like he i mean he's hysterical rob he's amazing he's an amazing player he's an amazing personality he's an amazing quote we love this guy but uh your thoughts about john rom just going off this year and he did so losing strokes in the final round at least in the final round in putting yeah <laughs> right they do two they do two on the stadium so that was probably his the two rounds on the stadium, right, Steve? That number that someone tweeted uh, out? That was lost. the final round. Just the final round? Yeah. Yeah, he should have won by like five shots. That's that's insane. But yeah, still not number one. I feel like he's just going to win until he gets there, right? That's why I'm, we'll get to the picks, but I, I don't even want to bother with this this event. <laughs> and it's a fun event, too. You know, we had a great year last year. I had Zalatoris in the mix. Ugh. Playoff was crazy. Oh, we all had Zalatoris. Yeah, we all had Zalatoris. Lucas Ball and the bunker. They're both getting. So it's going to be tough to kind oh. of. I mean, I, I don't know who who's going to beat Rom. Although Xander, obviously, the back must be feeling okay. He shot sixty two on Sunday, but yeah, tough one. Yeah. And then if he wins this week, he'll probably we'll see him at Waste Management. He'll skip Pebble and where. I don't know. He's going to be plus two hundred, maybe closer to even money. I, I'm not sure. Yeah, he's making betting on golf yeah. not fun. It's, you know, everyone else yeah. doesn't have a chance. I, Davis Thompson played Amazing. out of his mind. And, uh, you know, he went toe-to-toe -to -toe with Rom. Give him a ton of credit. Yep. Uh, man, he, he didn't back away. And, you know, Saturday, he, he could have kept the foot on the gas a little bit more. But Chris Kirk, your boy, CP, he was right there. Yeah, a couple dogs in a dog. Not, everything not coming up, dog. Apparently, <laughs> not in golf. Kirk not again. I, I mean, again, watching that those last few holes, he just cannot get that putt he needs to fall. It's it mm. sucks because he's, I mean, he's in contention like for the past year and a half. It feels like almost every time he tees it up, it's crazy. <laughs> it's go <laughs> back and look. It's. It's nuts. He's a T to green God. He just cannot, can't will one in. <laughs> he's a T10 God as well. He's a T10 God. Yeah. And he's won. You know, he had T like five, T10 God. Uh, 
four or five wins back back in his I know he used like to, he doesn't that's know when you when it. you were saying that stuff exactly when you were saying that stuff about the weekend being his kryptonite I agree with you in recent years but then I was thinking this guy racked up four wins or whatever very quickly and he was kind of like a big star brewing yep. a big American star so you're right he can close um just one of those things they they come in bunches I guess maybe he'll he'll start ripping them up um Another up and comer, obviously, we were just alluding to. I mean, Davis Thompson, what a performance by him! First of all, we made five Eagles through the first thirty-six holes, so we got we got to put this guy on our radar. He's obviously an explosive player, but then we have to talk about what happened on Sunday on that seventeenth hole. Um, it was a long putt. What was it like? 30, Thirty-seven feet or something. Yeah, 30. and uh, to to tie. Well, Rom still had a birdie putt too, which he he just missed as well, but. Uh, Thompson rattled one off the flag stick and got everybody talking. Uh, I, I guess, you know, I'd, I'd say let's have the debate right now, but I have the, the golf digest story from when was this was probably during the pandemic when we had nothing to do. Yeah. It's from, it, it was updated in 2023, but I think it was, well, it was published in 2019 because when they amended the rules that you could leave it in, and by the way, I've, I've, I haven't pulled a flag stick unless someone has asked me for, for years now. But according to Golf Digest, and they did very scientific, Mike Stutura wrote the article, 99.9% um, of the time, you should actually take the flag stick out. Yep. So it's not even, it shouldn't even be a debate. Shouldn't, shouldn't be, a debate. be a debate then. That's what I'm saying. So I don't know what you guys do or think. Again, for me, it's like we're talking about such thin margins here, and it can help you. Don't, don't get it twisted. Obviously, if you smoke one and I don't, I mean, I don't think Davis Thompson thought he was going to put one into the water there, but it was a front pin with the water. That ball was going pretty hot. Um, you know, a flagstick could keep something, you know, you from putting off the green, but it did not, it didn't drop. So I don't know what you guys do and what you guys think, but again, I mean, the science kind of speaks to, you should take the flagstick out. This, the science speaks for itself. You know, Stitcher has done the research, you know, I see the point of tour pros to where they say, you know, on longer putts, it helps them, you know, gauge uh, the speed and everything like that, but have your caddy be tending the flag. And, you know, if it looks like it's going in, have them pull the damn thing. I mean, right. could you imagine this costing you, you know, 300, $400,000, a chance for your first PGA tour win. I mean, insane. And now who knows if that ball, actually goes in because it was racing he said at Myers it, it was really good racing. Racing. and it was yeah. like on the left side of the hole so like yes did the pin like would it have like really rejected off if it rimmed out a little bit to like six or seven feet maybe but could it have gone in probably so I don't know man you got you got to pull that shit I I pull that shit um I, I don't keep that in you know the the awkward thing is if if you're playing with a group who you don't normally play with and you're like on the first screen, like, Hey, do you guys keep it in? Whatever, whatever. And right. a lot of people now say, oh, I don't care. Do whatever. No, pull that shit. <laughs> pull that shit. I it's say do whatever. Trip. I don't care. I'm yeah. good. Whatever. But the but science I'm is not a, but I'm not a tour pro and it's, a, it's not my job. Yeah. So I, I best, the best are the people who go, you know, I usually keep it in, but you could do whatever, like telling you they want to keep it <laughs> right, in, but right. they're trying to just be nice. Right. Yeah. And these guys have, like you said, I mean, the, he has a caddy who's going to get a nice chunk of change as well. You might as well use the guy. So yeah, if the caddy pulls it though, and it hits the hole and misses, then the caddy's getting tarred and feathered. Yeah. And then, you know, they're really a little smart. Well, he wouldn't, but practice it and see what the yeah. best thing is to do. I mean, come on, put this caddy I, to work. You know, well, I love pulling it. I'm just. I think the visual of the ball going in the hole is so much better than than uh, when the pin pin is out. Oh, it's so it's that's, so much better. Just that's pure. not even. But, yes. but how many times do you even make the putts? We all pick up around the hole, so like you know, you kind of lag it up there and then you scoop it anyway. But you're right; <laughs> when it actually goes in. It's so much more appealing when there's no pin in there. It looks better. It sounds better. Mm -hmm. It just. It is, but I, I again, I, I don't know if I'm lazy or what. I just say screw it, leave it in. Again, the science is, if I'm a tour pro, 100, I would not be doing with Matt Matt Fitzpatrick, and, and that's the crazy Matt Fitzpatrick's like Mister Leave It In, and he's also Mister Mister Data. Yeah. So that's that's kind of weird. But uh, anyway, it leaves for a great debate because we'll never know what was going to happen. But 
either way, it was brutal to see how close that was. Um, he really could have taken down Rom, which once Rom kind of caught him, even on Friday, we kind of thought this thing's over. Yeah. Then Thompson jumped back ahead, and then Thompson yeah. kind of stayed right there on Saturday. Very impressive by him. Yeah. Uh, so really. no matter what, great, great uh, tournament for him. There's a um, moment on the back nine. I noticed like Ramen missed a putt and he like he put his head down like when Davis Thompson had a like a birdie putt, which could have tied him. And he was like, I'm going to let this fucking guy beat me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You could tell that's exactly what Ram was thinking. Right. Like, I've got that dog. Davis has got that dog in him. Like, I'm basically the best <laughs> player in the world. And someone who's who people have never heard of is about to take me down. What am I doing? What was amazing? Another dog. There's so many. Yeah, I know they're everywhere. What was it? Wingfoot. He he was he ran out to their like, early lead. Right? Yeah, I don't I don't think he was first round leader, but he had the lead oh. after like 11 holes or something. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Yeah, baller. Well, we're gonna yeah. we're gonna see him. One ten to one this week. If you think anyone's beating John Rom, Davis Thompson. Wow. <clears throat> uh, by the way, I, I there's like you can mute people on Twitter. I know you can mute different alerts. They need to set up, I was thinking about this, a mute um, when you look at a betting odds. And so, like, I won't see Bill Haas's name. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, I need Bill Haas's name to be muted because if I add up all the 5 and $10 bets through the years, oh. again, it was like, I saw you had him on your dartboard, so I got all excited. You gave me the shout-out. I appreciate it. So I was like, ah, I'll throw a little on him for a certain leader. Then I was like, ah, parlay, top 20. <laughs> And so all of a sudden I end up, you know, $10, $5, $15 down, down the hole. And then I lose my outright, of course. And then my big, I made one big bet on, um, I followed, um, what's his name? Friday, Polly. It was, a uh, Cameron Davis who I'd bet on outright to win and he misses the cut. Uh, so I wow. get daggered there. So, you know, but long story short, it's like, I need to mute. I wish I could mute people. <laughs> On the board, we could, you know, they're all the guys the only, we don't bet anymore. The and only they, reason I put Haas up there is because he was the last name on the on the board at La Quinta. I was like, might as well have the mega, <laughs> the mega guy on the board here with the and the Bo Haas uh, connection was nice too. That was nice, yeah. The Haas Haas, I, I like that, but yeah, it's just too tempting. So I need <clears> to be, I, I don't need to be tempted. I need to find a way to mute these guys on the board. Um, how'd you guys do, by the way? Again, I, I came up empty. I did okay in the NFL because Terrible. you guys know I'm a big unders guy and yeah, or no weekend after, after the first weekend where it was almost six and oh overs, we claw back with the four and oh unders. I hit the Niners. I did almost give everything back though, doing a lot of bills, money line stuff. Yeah. I'm really dumb. Of course, that was the one money line game that I hammered. Uh, in, in a few parlays as well. God, I mean, what an that was more embarrassing than the Giants game. We'll get into football later, but how'd you guys do with the golf betting? Anything of note or the uh, the, the matchups? I mean, and I said this at the beginning of the year, part of my resolutions: stop betting so many outrights, do yeah. the matchups, top forties. Um, that that saved me a little bit. I only made four outrights. The matchups, like I did a bunch of like round two, round three um matchups as well and th those are good because there were three rounds before the cut so you had three yeah. rounds of data um well although two of the rounds we didn't have data but you know you had at yeah, least one round um and then going into the last day too so that saved me thankfully um yeah how about brian Harmon missing the cut loser <laughs> I, I said i didn't want to say anything the one time i'm gonna bet on this loser speaking of dogs what a dog. Ugh. You're that guy. I'm never betting Brian Harmon again. That's Why would you want to? That's going to happen. He's a nice player, but I can't believe people bet on him to win. And especially <laughs> when his odds are like, I mean, what it was a couple of weeks ago, he was like the favorite to win. Yeah, I mean, Sony. like it's stunning to me. I, I just don't, I, I don't get it. Uh, yeah, he's a nice player, but geez. But um, all right. So Harmon let you down. Cameron Davis let me down. Um, that was kind of really surprising that he, he just got nothing going there. And, yeah. Um, yeah. It's a weird event because you got the three. So I kept thinking, Oh, he'll get something going or you'll get to one of these courses. I guess they all were playing pretty easy, obviously. Um, but man, um, all right. The other big golf news, uh, well, there's a couple of things, but the, the, probably the next big thing is the live deal with the CW, which had everyone making the jokes and this and that. But I got to say, getting on TV is better than 
not being on TV. And I know people were saying, oh, YouTube is seen by billions of people. Yeah, but not, not, nobody was watching it. So it wasn't working. Golf fans aren't turning into YouTube to watch golf. They're, they're going to be flipping the TV while they're laying around. Um, you know, if there's a commercial in the action, which LOL, there's a commercial every like two minutes watching <laughs> golf, they'll flip over to channel where I am, CW's channel 11. You know, you got the golf on either two or four. It's it's right there. So to me, again, I'm not, not pro-live or any. I'm just saying getting on TV at all, I think, is a big move for them. Maybe not a big move, but it's definitely a step in the right direction. Steve, CP, tell me otherwise. I, I That's my thought. I, I think if it's, if it's Channel 11 for everyone. That's, that's Channel good. 11 for me. That's good for the old crowd because that's low on the. I'm saying. Taking, taking exactly. Pretty, pretty quickly. Just hit the up button like <laughs> six times. They're there. Yeah, um, exactly. Well, I heard Myers is pro live. So, you know, I hope people <laughs> took that. Uh, <laughs> but our guy, Joel, did a little digging into like the TV numbers yeah. and stuff. And his point was CW was like 25th or something in terms of overall market rank and golf channels 94th. Uh, so, you yeah. know. You can't just like totally shit on the CW. Obviously the people watching CW aren't really like hardcore sports fans. You would think they're like, you know, people watching one tree W or one tree W one tree Hill, whatever. One tree Hill. I loved all the one tree Hill. <clears throat> Two weeks in a row. I can reference Minkus. Minkus. <laughs> Mouth McFadden, the character on that show. I, I oh, told- Na- Nagel was uh, really impressed by that. He was texting me on the side, the Minkus. Pull. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people would be impressed. That's dude, and I'm telling you, what he would really be impressed by is that show came out when we were seniors at Wake, and I swear to you, uh, well, I'll tell you, the premiere we act there was actually like an event on campus in an auditorium, but every week after that, he watched it at our. We watched whatever night it was, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday. We watched it at our apartment. Minkus would come over, Lee, shout out Lee Norris, and we would watch the show. And look, it was a good show. I mean, for a little, I mean, for a season. And Gavin DeGraw's song, Slaps. That song still slaps. Yep. Hell of a song. Gavin DeGraw was the man. Um, It's a good show. So I I loved, I kind of loved everybody making fun of. The the other one I saw was instead of Riverdale, which I've never seen, but Liverdale. That was very good. Someone did that. Uh, Riverdale is like the kid from, uh, one of the kids from um, Big Daddy, those twins. Oh wow! Okay. Uh, He's like the main guy. I know because my wife used to watch it so bad. It's just one of those like high schools, the most dramatic thing ever type shows. Like One Tree Hill was. Well, I like One Tree Hill. Yeah, <laughs> at least One Tree Hill had the basketball angle, which mm-hmm. I kind of liked, um, obviously. But um, yeah. Anyway, I don't know. CPA. The the thing that that Joel got into too, I believe, because I was talking about it with him, is it came out that the Nielsen ratings, which I think we all would have just assumed tracks everything it only tracks certain channels at certain times because otherwise it's kind of like worthless they only do nielsen ratings for weekday prime time so it's eight to ten weekday on cw so you will not see um now they said they're going to release different kind of data but you will actually not see an apples to apples comparison in in terms of nielsen ratings because they don't do it for CW if it's not in prime time on weekdays. So that's an interesting little wrinkle because you thought, oh, they're on TV. They're going to have Nielsen ratings. They're going to be able to, you know, go side by side. Not that they want to go head to head with the tour. It would probably, they'd look bad, even not that the tour's ratings or anything to, you know, praise. But anyway, that's another wrinkle on it, CP. I don't know if, if you got into the weeds there. With the no, that's that's way over my head. Nielsen ratings. <laughs> you know who would love that stuff? Dog. Dog would that love Dog would stuff. be all... <laughs> over that yeah i said after we had him i was like i would have loved to have broken down how they scheduled the nfl playoff games he would have he would have got in on that like why are the giants playing on totally sunday at four and not that you know it would have been great but we were we were ahead of the game there yeah i don't know um cw i only know the cw from checking in on on the mets that is literally my i mean see i I, cw isn't that the is that the same as wpix then i because I'm not seeing it on my TV guide. I'm looking at it, and I'm, I always assumed 11 was 11 used to be the WB. Then it was like, then it changed. CW, WB shout out um, Wayne's brothers show. Uh, Jamie oh, Fox great show. show. 
great <laughs> shows on the WB. Uh, so that 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 brought it back to me. But that I I thought I thought the CW is Channel Eleven in my area. Am I wrong? Is it not WB? Yeah, that's what that's what the Mets are on when there it when is. Okay, that, when they're not on SNY, right? So it is Channel Eleven. So yeah, that's, I mean to me that's still kind of prime real estate in terms of the Very. flipping around. So. You said it. You being on TV is better than not. So I, I'm, I'm with you there. Um, and no one was really. We were watching on YouTube. Golf media people tweeting yeah. out the the highlights and all that. So we'll we'll still watch it if it's on. Dustin and Patrick Reed are playing. We'll check in on it. And now it's easier for, you know, people who don't want to go through the hassle of firing right. up YouTube to uh to watch it. And here's the thing: when it was on YouTube, everyone the one positive that everyone said was wow they don't really have commercials here they're just going mm-hmm. now they will have commercials but this deal is structured as such where they're sharing like the ad revenue so to me they're doing the production it sounds like they'll it'll be on them like if if they don't if they want to put a ton of ads out there they're going to piss off the golf fans they'll make a little more money but seems like to me they just want to be able to tell people we can sell ads but at least for the short term there probably won't be as many ads as I would think on other channels, but again, dog would know better than me. So <laughs> we got to get him back, back in here to discuss, discuss this stuff. Um, in other financial news, um, we had news involving the world long drive association, uh, and the professional long drivers association, which, uh, have both been bought by GF sports and entertainment. Um, and it's a deal that involves NBC Sports as well. So this is actually really big because World Long Drive was kind of having a moment a few years ago with um, Kyle Berkshire, who we were about to talk to, uh, being the star, obviously. Uh, he was being aired on Golf Channel a lot. He was getting, you know, you're seeing him on ads. You're seeing him in Golf Digest. I did a big podcast with him. Um, you, you, did, you saw him kind of everywhere. Uh, and now in the last couple of years since the pandemic, not as much. But at the end of 2021, you had Bryson DeChambeau get back in the mix, or not get back in the mix, get into the long drive mix, um, kind of put a little different spotlight on the sport. He he finished runner-up last year at their big event, uh, Bryson DeChambeau, which kind of stunned everybody. And uh, so it's back in, in the limelight. It's going to be in the limelight a lot more with 10 events on the Golf Channel to, uh, this year in 2023. So please have a listen to our chat with world number one long drive, Kyle Berkshire. All right. We are very excited to welcome to the show world number one long drive and two-time world long drive champ. I know it's really three, Kyle, because you had that extra year in there where it's not officially the title, but you yeah, won. It's a national championship. It's a national but... championship. There you go. Um, yeah. Anyway, you're the best in the biz. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Feeling healthy and excited for a really big year. It's almost feels like I'm coming home again, honestly, to uh, the roots. I was, you know, where I came from when we were on TV and we were, we had these shows going and we had a really great thing going. So, you know, there were times in the last couple of years where it didn't look good at all, but um, the PLDA and every, all the players really did a tremendous job in preserving the sport through some extremely challenging times. And quite frankly, the sport could have been killed, honestly, in the last couple of years, if, the players didn't come together. If the PLDA didn't do what they did, um, and so regardless of how this year goes, I'm just I'm happy and grateful that our sport is back to where it should be, which is on a tele in front of a television audience. Yeah. So obviously, let's get into the, the deal. Um, GF Sports and Entertainment taking over, and and the huge part, as you mentioned, is the deal with NBC Sports. I think uh, it's going to be what ten events that are going to be broadcast on Golf Channel. Like you said, I mean, there was a couple years where the, the events were on golf channel you were kind of growing and then the pandemic and everything else happened uh, so yeah how how exciting is that to uh to be back on tv and it, it, i can imagine that the audience that you guys hope to reach is going to be so much bigger now this year oh absolutely i think you know we've we've still been it's we've still been making headway with the awareness of the sport i think sure. despite the pandemic through instagram youtube stuff like that um, and obviously with Bryson's involvement, but we haven't made headway in the sense of having payouts that allow more than a couple long drivers to make a full-time living, which then allows the level of competition to get better. And then the stakes get higher. Right. And I couldn't be more excited for us to be competing for 
well over a million dollars in prize money this year. It's the highest amount of prize money we've ever had in the history of the sport. Um, and it's something that as the most, as I think a lot of people would agree, one of the more visible long drivers, I, I felt it was incumbent upon me to at least help deliver that. You know, the last couple of years being one of the more well-known long drivers and the sport not going where it should be going bothered me a lot. I felt a lot of responsibility for that. So I'm really happy that it's finally happened where we're getting to a place where the hitters can be taken care of better. That's what this is all about. And that's what I'm really happy we're getting to. And then the fans and the viewers are going to enjoy the storylines we deliver and the excitement. There's just so much exciting things going on. And the players now have a lot more of a voice in the operations of the tour than we did in the past. So I think that's going to be a game changer because ultimately the players know it works best for the sport and GF sports understands that better than any partner we've ever had in the history of the sport, in my opinion. And that's going to be a game changer, a lot more listening back and forth from both sides, a lot more communication to deliver at the end of the day, the best product we can for the viewers. That's what this is all about. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned Cal, like, you know, the world long drive, I think to those who have watched it in the past, like, you know, how cool it was and the stuff with Bryson a couple falls ago in Mesquite that, you know, that kind of took over uh, the golf world a little bit. I'm sure that was encouraging for you, um, you know, to watch the way that golf fans reacted uh, to, to that event there in Mesquite. Oh yeah. It was, you know, I was, um, I, I remember it was, I think it was somewhere around July of 2021, the PLDA was holding events. We were getting, you know, 20 to 30 people in our fields, which was, they considering the fact that we all we could do is pay out prize, um, entry fees, which even then meant that we weren't giving ourselves a dime. We were doing all this work, setting up tents, setting up infrastructure for free, basically so that people could compete for entry fees. All they had to do is pay like a $200 membership fee at the beginning of the year. And that's, that's all we were getting to operate off of. And then, you know, I've been talking to Bryson back and forth a good bit. He reached out to me after the 2019 World Championship. We became good friends. And, you know, we trained here and there and he started asking about, you know, what he, you know, about maybe if he tried to compete. And I asked him, you know, well, you know, do, does that something you want to do? And he's like, yeah. And got him set up with Bobby Peterson. Bobby did a great job of converting him into someone who'd signed up. And the second he signed up, I think we went from a field of like 28 or 30 to a maxed out field of, I want to say like 96 or something like that, 80 or 96 in like two days. And, um, we still didn't get any sponsor money. We got like a little bit of money from crank golf and a little bit from here and there, but that entire event was set up on a budget of roughly $15,000. Um, and it just took a lot of know-how and to deliver what we thought was a worthy world championship where the title was actually going to be accepted in the sport as a real world title was almost miraculous because I didn't want to have a situation where, it was a quite is a contested title and then all of a sudden the biggest title in the sport doesn't matter as much as people used to think it would and that would be a huge problem but bryson was a huge part in delivering that uh that to us and it was a great it was a fun tournament and i obviously had a lot of fun and it ended up getting a pretty good result too but it was a storybook tournament for the sport and i think it really gave us a chance i think things were not looking good about halfway through 2021 and um have me questioning myself a lot about whether I should continue doing long drive or I should turn my attention entirely to professional golf. Like, so I was thinking about those things a lot as well. So I'm really glad things happened the way they did. And, you know, we're poised for a great year and I couldn't be more excited. You talk about the Bryson relationship and I'm kind of wondering, you know, it's crazy. He's this unbelievable golfer. You're this un unbelievable long driver. I'm sure you guys have shared trade secrets of both. What is he you know, a tip he's given you about, you know, real professional golf and maybe advice you've shared with him about long drive. So one of the biggest things he's told me about golf is that it doesn't matter what your swing looks like. It doesn't matter what you're thinking about. It doesn't matter your experience level. All that matters is how repeatable your golf swing is. And so that's something as I continue to work my golf game, you know, with an ultimate long-term goal at some point of, if I get good enough and it warrants it, maybe playing an event or two, I focus on repeatability. I'm like, I ask myself when I'm practicing, how repeatable is this motion? How does, I don't ask what does it look like or does it look pretty? I ask, can I repeat it? 
you know, and then I, I just kind of go through what I repeat the most. And with regards to long drive, one of the biggest things I've top priced and I, I think is psychological. Like when you're doing speed training, it's very easy to stop before you start actually pushing your body to a point where it actually has to adapt to be stronger. So I think when we're doing speed training, I'm pretty good at getting him to tap into a different gear, which ultimately conditions his body to move faster. Um, you know, you got to have those little clips in there that make him just pissed off enough to uh, push himself to a new level. Um, and I think that's helped him incrementally notch his speeds up higher and higher and higher. So we've been a very complimentary team for the interests that we've been pursuing. So um, he's something that he's someone that I've considered a good friend for you know a while, and I think it'll that will not change anytime soon. So he's given a great good person to bounce things off of as well, but to bounce ideas off of as well, just in general. You know, so he's been always he's been a nice person to talk to. Well, we talked, I think it was like a year and a little bit ago. Um, and you were thinking about trying to do more tournaments, regular, yeah. regular golf. And and I, I think part of it was like you said, the you know, the world long drive wasn't on TV anymore and you didn't know where the sport was going. Um, I just mm -hmm. wonder how how where are you in that process? And now does this new news kind of maybe delay some of that stuff? And I also know you were being very you were very hesitant to um, rush anything you wanted yes. to really feel like you were all there ready to go so where are you in that process and, and has anything changed with that so I mean I've been aware that we were going to be on tv again since June of this past oh, year so I the wheels have been in motion for a long time I mean the golf channel reached out to me and my father as the first contact because my dad had consistently kept that line of communication going with the NBC folks that were in charge of world long drive um, and then they get, got back Arrowhead Golf Club up in um, uh, Colorado. You know, the famous Jack Ham commercials where he goes boom and pow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He gets yeah. into that like red rock. Yes. That's the place. Okay. So I was doing, a, I, I was driving up there. I was doing, a, I was about to do a YouTube video and the Mile High shootout was in a couple of days. And I just remember my dad told me, looks like we're going to be on TV next year. And I immediately like, was like, what? And then he showed me the email and we talked to the, um, the group about a week later and then we introduced it to the rest of the uh, PLDA and we've been having meetings ever since and keeping it under wraps. It's been a tough secret to keep, you know, under wraps just for like five months. Um, and so we got to that point, but so I've known about it for a while. Right now I have a tremendous setup at uh, Trump international down in West Palm beach. And I'm doing speed training twice a week at a at five-star custom golf, which is a really great place for me to train. So I think I've got it figured out where I'm going to be able to do both. I can put about 20 to 25 hours a week into practicing my swing. And I've got a couple of good coaches on my team. And when I feel like I'm ready, I'm going to start playing some smaller events. I tried it a little bit last year. I didn't think I was quite ready. And I didn't quite have my life situation where I wanted it. This is the first year where I truly believe I actually have my situation set up where I can do both and not let anything slip from my long drive side that's always been the concern i don't want to get too in the golf and then start sliding in long drive so i've got it set up now where i feel like i got a pretty good shot at it and as you said i'm not in a rush I, i'm 26 i got plenty of time and i really want to make sure i'm ready and i don't have any and i'm not i don't want to compete in any events until i feel like i'm shooting good competitive scores mm -hmm. so when that starts happening that's when i think i'll be getting closer to that point and I know a lot of people want to see it happen very quickly. The reality is competitive golf and regular golf are so different. Mm. And there's so many things you have to learn and so many small things you have to understand and pick up through comp competition or repetition to be able to compete at a high level. And those are things that I'm in the process of learning. They take a long time. You know, a lot of my friends who are great golfers out of Division One are just now getting their cards because it takes four or five years. You know, it just it just doesn't doesn't happen like that. If it did, everybody would be playing for millions of dollars on tour, you know. But I'm I feel like I'm further along than I was last year. I feel like I got a much better outlook, and I'm in a much more stable life position where I can do this more reliably. I'm hoping my hope is at some point early next year or midway through next year, I'll be in a place where I can really start actually looking for a solid spot to make my first start and see how that goes. Because I know everybody wants to see me do it, and I'm not trying to kick the can down the road. It's just I don't want to go out and shoot a bad score. I want to prepare myself as best I can, right. you know. And I might still shoot a bad score, but I want to give myself the best opportunity to be competitive and to play well. 
and that's kind of where I am right now. But it's it's not something by any means that this announcement has now. Oh, now I'm not doing that anymore. That's uh-huh. that's still part of my plan. But now my plan is trying to do both at the same time. So I think I can do it as well. It's just a matter of getting the mind right. That's a big part of it for me. Getting comfortable, and then accepting the fact that people are going to have opinions on what I'm doing one way or the other. That's probably the toughest thing is knowing that my first event, I'm not going to get the luxury of being able to like get, dip my toe in the water, but I've fallen in love with the game again. I think that's the biggest thing. It's easy to put in the work that I want to put in and Cobra and I return all these sponsors have been awesome about their support of me doing this. So um, I, I think there's a good chance it'll happen at some point next year. That's my hope. And um, I think it'll be something a lot of people enjoy watching hopefully. So that's what it's all about. Oh, for sure. And, you know, you mentioned being in a better headspace and, um, you know, the kind of off the course things in terms of on the course things that you need to, you know, make that jump to the next level. I would assume it's short game because, you know, your, your distance obviously is not, uh, an issue. So what's like the biggest thing you think just like on course that you're working on this year to help you get to that next level professionally? So I would say short game is definitely a focus, but I would, the biggest thing I've made the most strides in the last couple of weeks is being able to flight the ball down. Mm-hmm. So like being able to hit a hit five, hit five clubs to 150 yards if I want. So like mm-hmm. one of my biggest problems last year is my first, my first, um, the first event I played in, I went out in 35, felt pretty solid. And then the wind kicked up. It mm-hmm. got windy and I didn't have a shot to hit under the wind. And so I was hitting these eight irons from like 200 yards, which sounds cool until you realize they're spinning at like 9,000 with an apex of 160 feet. So you just never know where that ball is coming down. So, you know, one of the things I've really gotten better with is being able to hit an eight iron 160 yards or 170 yards and mix and match clubs for different winds, you know, with a certain wind and pin location and grain, you're going to want to hit a certain club at a certain height with a certain amount of spin and a certain flight window. And, you know, a short game, I've gotten better at looking at grain. I've gotten better at learning how to use the bounce, but off the ground to, you know, complement what kind of shot I'm hitting into a green. And I've been trying to spend anywhere between four to six hours a day on the golf course, just hitting shots around greens, playing shots down from 160 yards, trying to score better. And I have a lot of really good playing partners like, you know, Lexi Thompson, Curtis Thompson down at the course I practice at. So they've been really good to just watch play. And beyond that, I really think it's just believing in myself because it's taking it from the practice practice round to the golf course. I really like the direction my game's heading. I've been steadily improving. And I feel I feel more and more like I've developed a new skill set reminiscent of a professional golfer every day. We'll just wrap up with one more. I just um, you know, how surprised were you and your fellow long drivers at what Bryson was able to do to actually make that run to, to, you know, compete and, and finish second so quickly. And also um, do you expect to see him compete in the long drive a bunch this year? Then I, I know he was part of that announcement the other day. Yeah. I mean, I was not surprised at all because, you know, it's for Bryson, it's always been about getting to the round of 16, getting into that final 16 and then everybody else just starts freaking out and they just <laughs> don't know how to handle the pressure. Right. Um, and he actually, he, he, he just made it into the final. He almost got chopped in the round of 32. I think he was Ryan Winters, a two, 2012 world champion or 2011, something like that, went down with um, a, I believe it was like, I believe it was actually ultimately a kidney stone. It's a very scary injury. Um, it, it looked like it was really serious. Thankfully, he's okay now. But that, that, that him going down, because he was in a really good spot in the, list, in the standings in his round of 16, him going down. So Bryce was in a, I think it was a three for two playoff to get into the final 16 Him and, and um, had winter been in, it would have been a three for one playoff. Mm. So Bryson, I think was down to his last ball and hit a huge shot and ended up getting second place in his, that three, three man shootout. And he got the last spot in the final 16 and then hit it really good. And I'm not surprised at all. I mean, if he gets to 215, 216, he's dangerous because he hits the ball in play and he knows how to flight the ball for the, the wind conditions. And, do you get a few guys that are fast who, you know, start having accuracy problems um, like I did or Justin James and he's hitting the grid. It can happen fast. He can easily become a very serious contender, very fast. And I think there's a chance, good chance to compete in some events. We'll have to see how that shakes out with his, 
you know, competitions on events on the live and all that. But I, I'm, I'm hopeful that he will be, um, you know, part of this uh, league this year because he certainly deserves it. He's, he's absolutely one of the best long drivers in the world, in my opinion. Um, and I would love the opportunity to, you know, go head to head and have, do more battle. And, you know, now that my hand's feeling better, I'm really, I just couldn't be more excited for the things going on this year. Um, I'm just excited to be healthy and moving the club well. And, you know, it's going to be great to do battle. Awesome. Well, we're excited to see it, uh, to check you out again on Golf Channel and the World Long Drive. We're, we're excited about your, your pro career, maybe. We'll, we'll see you there. And obviously, we love your Instagram and everything else. So keep up all the good work, Kyle. Thank you so much for taking the time today. Have a great 2023. Good luck with everything. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate all the time for you, from you guys as well. Um, I'm sure we'll talk again soon. So I'll talk to you guys later. Thanks again to Kyle Berkshire for joining us. We'll definitely be checking out more world long drive stuff this year. Um, let's see, what should we talk about next? Uh, well, let's get the giants out of the way. It was embarrassing uh, to say the least, but uh, you know, we were all riding high last week. I was strutting around town with the hat, blah, blah, blah. Um, <laughs> you know, the Eagles are a hell of a team and they, they got smoked. As yeah, they're, on a, they're on another planet. I think, uh, yeah, I think it's fair to say that. Look, before That's the year the started, we want to be on. You're going to win a, Right. We want to be on that planet, but I mean, look, the Eagles are are much better. Let's be honest. We were yeah. our one chance was if Hertz wasn't healthy. Hertz was obviously healthy. He looked tremendous. Yeah. Uh, and uh they're a great team. So, look, good season by the Giants. Make the playoffs, win a playoff game, establish a franchise quarterback. Um some nice players on defense, offense, you know, maybe a guy like Hodgins uh, comes, you know, jumps out, but they got to, they got to get some weapons on offense. That's yeah, that's all there is to it. So we'll, we'll be back next year. Uh, but guys, you went to the Seton Hall game. That was a little more exciting. <laughs> uh, and, and they win just an incredible game where they, I didn't even watch the second half because I saw they were getting smoked. They come back, they beat UConn, big upset. And uh, in exciting fashion, you guys sending out videos. What was that like? Great, great times. Good vibes. Turns out, turns out UConn stinks, I guess, unfortunately for us. Why? Did they lose since? They Apparently, I heard they've lost like four of their last five. Oh, okay. So they stink. Because <clears throat> they were number two. That's what. That's how Steve got to go to the game. He sold it to Katie that they were second-ranked team oh in the country. Oh, my God. Best team in the country, <laughs> Katie. This is a rare opportunity. Can yeah, I go to this yeah. game? Oh, okay. Sure. <laughs> selling Good job selling. No, it was a good win. Um, and by the way, when when we go to the end of the year and that maybe they're on the bubble, they'll have that. Rutgers is really good now. They're ranked. Seton Hall beat yep. them at Rutgers. So hopefully, um, see, I think Seton Hall will be like an 18-win team. That'll be, we'll be talking about, you know, ranking which wins are important. So right. that was a pretty important win, I would say. Yeah. I think Seton Hall and Wake are going to be in the same. Yep. Ask it here. Wake, Wake smoked uh, Clemson. Clemson was 7-0 and in the ACC, and Wake smoked them. But then Wake lost to Virginia. Virginia's very good. They're top 10. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, Wake's got 14 wins already. It's going to be like last year. It's going to be on the bubble. Um, you know. We got to talk about Holloway has this guy that sits okay. behind the bench with like a – High, a high school about I guess recruits or maybe it's this guy's high school team. I couldn't hear Greg explaining it to Steve. I'll let Steve explain it. But this guy is like the the energy guy, but he doesn't. He's not on the staff. He's just a guy that sits front row and he like pats daps up the players constantly, and he's like getting the crowd into it, and he stands like he's a coach, but he's like three rows behind Holloway. It was one of the funniest things we've ever witnessed. People who pay attention to college basketball have to watch a Seton Hall game and look for this guy. It's as if he's like the the dad coach on your like seventh and eighth grade yeah, team who's yeah. like behind the bench, but like trying to whisper stuff to the <laughs> his son on the bench. Like this is actually what he's doing during a Big East college basketball game. Apparently this guy is uh, like the godfather to Holloway's kid or something and like connected to the program i don't know but like he's dapping up kids on the bench like screaming at them like you know don't foul play you know get up and play d and stuff like that like 
like and they hear him over yeah. the actual coach because the coach is like more soft-spoken but this guy's just screaming the in the entire time and cp and i were in the first row no big deal thanks to our guy greg snedeger um Jersey so Royals, yeah we got to like observe all of this up front um just an electric atmosphere i credit to come back to, to that guy a hundred and ten he well, showed up like at the end of the first half and then things turn around. Yep. It's amazing. Well, you guys had two amazing videos. CP chirping at the ref saying, <laughs> everyone came to see you, buddy. And like chanting MVP at him. I was, I was literally dying. I was dying. I mean, every college basketball game That's I go amazing. to, it's the same shit. Yep. These guys just, yep. and it's always like the game will be going really nice, like a good flow which is so rare in college basketball anymore. Right. It's like everything has to be a foul and a whistle. Yep. And every time the game's like flowing, they're like, hold on, everybody stop. There's a foul. We got to stop and make it about me. I got to impose my will on this game. So that guy was brutal. And he starts the night like three minutes into the game. They blow a whistle. The ball goes out of bounds. And the, and the one ref's like, I don't know. He literally went like this with his hands to the other ref like, and then the other guy goes, all right, we'll go this way, UConn. So, like, it was such a bad a bad start for them, and the crowd got on them. And then, and then, uh, and I'll admit, college basketball fans, every foul is not a foul. Yeah. Like, everything yeah. is the worst call ever. But that night was, was, was pretty bad. And they, they, but were- Steve's video, <laughs> Steve's video from the side angle showed a blatant. <laughs> over the back on yes. that last free throw. I couldn't they believe they didn't. Why were they even that? on the line? They should have been like off the line there. We they were, were screaming the that before the free throw. Get that off was the so dumb. Yeah. And so they leave the guys on the line and he goes over the back when they don't need the rebound and they don't call it and the buzzer ends out and the other, the UConn players are like, hello, <laughs> give, me, give us a foul. I mean, that would have been a brutal loss if they called I will, it's a, It's a shame that Dan Hurley wasn't there. Dan Hurley missed the game um, yeah. with COVID, unfortunately. He would have blew a, well, like, a heart worst. attack on, yes. the field, on the court. Yeah, that was pretty wild. So Steve got the best angle of it, apparently. Yeah. The refs, the refs didn't get it. Sounds um, all right, let's get into some picks. We're going to bounce back this week. Uh, Tory Pines, Farmers Insurance Open. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, the field is down from years past. This used to be kind of like a marquee early season field, but you have John Rahm. Guys, what do we even do here? I mean, at some point he has to not win, but this is the place that he absolutely owns. So it's a very tough spot. Now, now because he's such a favorite, though, that does kind of open it up maybe for some other guys. I, I don't know. what. How have you guys uh, made any picks yet? And we have a Wednesday start this week, everybody. So that's why... We're getting right. this out a little early. Um, you know, got to get your picks in early. Wednesday start, Saturday finish to get out of the way for the NFC and AFC championship games, which we'll we'll also talk about in a second. So thoughts on the on uh, Torrey Pines? Well, Myers, you forgot to mention it's at Torrey Pines, the golf course that everyone loves to hate. Uh, well, everyone loves it. Yeah. yeah. Hate. A- Andy Lack, our guy in his little course right up at rickrungood.com. <laughs> he put this in bold in his write-up. He said, if you are near San Diego, please do not play this course. <laughs> it's like the most hard out thing I've ever heard. Love Andy for that. I mean, come on. Um, exactly. Come on. Let's be honest here. It's a good course. It's just not. Here's the problem, Steve, and you know this. The course starts out and you go towards the ocean and then the south course, I believe, goes to the right and the north course goes to the left. So they split up the oceanfront property. So both courses have like three or four spectacular holes on the water. But if you combined it, you know, then you got a, a big time golf course, but they didn't do it like that. So I just think you're right. Everybody kills it compared to like a normal course. It's still a great course. Uh, you know, I'm sorry. It's not, it's not amazing, but still, and it still has some, you know, still has a couple spectacular views and they, and um and obviously, it's got a little history now, thanks to Tiger and and Rom. And yeah, by the way, eighteen, which you just kind of hit on, it helps yeah. when Tiger plays there every year. And, and right. Rom, you kind of know it. You know it. Eighteen least. is like one of the goats at producing crazy, crazy drama exactly. almost every year. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Phil exactly. Bones ten in the flag the one year. Yep. Tiger, J.B. Holmes, J.B. Holmes taking like 
He's Viking. back this week. I think he's back. Yeah. I will not. I'm not even going to do a dollar bet on that. <laughs> but yeah, no, it, 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 when you play it, I've only played it once. You kind of get to 18. You're like, this is it. It's, it doesn't blow you away. I'll, I'll just say that. Yeah. But you're right. It produces moments. And again, there are some really nice holes around, obviously three and um, four. And then uh, seven's a great hole. Uh, and there was ones what 12 and 13 are pretty sick. I mean, there's some nice holes, but, but yeah, there's a lot of duds. No yeah, it's just it. like, you know, the knock is with all that waterfront property, like to not right. come up with a top 50 course is kind of an excuse. But, but Steve, that's what I'm saying. If they, if they only had one course, it probably would be, or could be, they yeah. split it up. They split up the real estate, but they could have made. You know, they could have routed it in a way where, you know, the South course ha- utilizes all the water from property the best instead of making it like. No, that's what I'm saying. They could, yeah. Right. You're right. They should have done that. But they but right. I'm saying it's you're right. At some point, I think they must have decided, let's just be fair with the great vistas here, not thinking, oh, let's make one super course. You know, I mean, yeah. that's all. It's it's, it's too bad. But. Um, if you live there, I think it's only like sixty yeah. bucks or something. Yeah, so, it's like Beth Page, like you yeah, know, it's like, the, yeah, the it's resident rate's great. Right. So, and if you're not, it's you know, it's going to cost you. But yeah. uh, whatever, the, the hardos go too hard on it. <laughs> I mean, it's, it really just depends on what you're looking for out of a golf tournament. And I feel like the hardos, you know, I don't know what is it they're looking for because Tori usually provides everything you kind of want in, in a golf tournament. I know the field is not as great this year because it's unfortunately not an eleva- uh, elevated event. But right. to me, if you're thinking about the basic thing you want out of a golf tournament, is it it's to come down to the 72nd hole, you know, big names around the lead. That happens at every U.S. Open there. It happens every farmer's there. So I don't know what it, you know. There's rough, Chris. You can't have rough on a golf course anymore. It's yeah. be the PGA Tour schedule, that guy's tears pointed it out. Like it's not the most, there's not the most architectural, architectural marvels on the PGA Tour not schedule. So, right. By just, the way, get ready for the complaints this week because California has been getting crushed with rain. My parents mm-hmm. live 30 minutes from there and like usually get like half an inch of rain for the whole year. They've gotten, you know, five inches in the last month or something. I'm making it up, but it's something crazy for them. So yes. the course is going to be soft and, and, uh, yep. oh man, oh, mud balls. Who knows? I mean, <laughs> preferred yeah. lies. I potpourri. hope really, really set people off. Yeah. Golf Twitter <laughs> potpourri of insults. <laughs> on it. uh, it's it's going to be wild. Um, okay. So any picks here, are we going to make any picks or not? I mean, we got to go back to our boy, Willie Z, don't we? I mean, 16 to one on, on DK. Uh, of course, like we mentioned, Rom is plus four fifty right now. I've seen him even lower than that. That's insane, though. Okay, Rom uh, was out towards sixteen to one. Yeah, I made that bet um, nineteen to one at Bet three sixty five oh. enhanced win. Um, so I have that and uh, one other long shot, but I'll let you go first, CP. I uh, this is so yucky. I think Feinberg nailed it this morning. He I saw a tweet he sent. You know they're putting ram at 400 but they're not really inflating anybody else which is mm. really you know gross and typical of all these sports typical. books but uh crooks cro- total crooks how about the cat some of the cash out o- options i saw some sports books offering those people with the first td parlays disgusting disgusting yep. cash out predatory as one person put it um i don't know i i'm not high on anyone because i do think ram probably wins again yeah. Jason Day, twenty-two to one. That's crazy town. He was like a hundred to one a few weeks ago. He I want to nice bet on Montgomery in some capacity just to see how great my mush powers are because he tops ten <laughs> every week. Every week, and I've never bet on him, and I'm yeah. thinking about betting him this week. So, so you want to mush him? Is that no? I just want to see if it works <laughs> because no, I mean he finishes top ten every week. So and actually finished like T eleven here last yeah. year. Um, I mean. Yeah, that's a good call. Although his like ball striking numbers aren't as good as you would think as like someone who's built like Rom, he just like puts the lights out. I don't know. Um and Xander too, that would be like the one other guy I'd consider, but I've decided Willie Z. But Xander looked great. I think the back concerns um out the window. I think my long shot is Will Gordon 
another one of these guys who like just hits the shit out of the ball. You need you need to be a good long iron player here. The shots you have like over 200 yards more than any other course. And, uh, you know, Will Gordon's like 101. I've been playing really good golf uh, since the fall. So I could see him and his game contending here. I, I think that number is just kind of high. So given yeah, his uh, history here and um, how well he was playing, Scott Stallings at 110 to 1 seems mm-hmm. pretty, pretty crazy too. That does like seem that. crazy. I'd rather him than than I got yeah. Patrick Rogers at one thirty to one for. How sure. does he have the same odds as Ryan Palmer? I guess Palmer yeah. has good history here too. But Stallings was playing yeah. really well at the end of the year. I think he did okay in Hawaii. That's that's. I don't know why, but Keegan Bradley's jumping out at me. Yeah, so. yeah. this is the kind of course he'd play well too. Yeah, I could just I I can see just launching it. Yeah. You know, kind of sticking it hitting a lot of fairways and then it's going to play long. Obviously length's not a problem for him. I don't know. I can see that. Uh, by the way, Max Homa, uh, a lot of early action on him. Uh-huh. He's very popular now. He, I saw he opened at 30 to one in some places. He's up to 20 to one wow. at DraftKings. So um, if you didn't get the bets in on Max Homa early, you, you probably missed out. He's, he's a hot commodity now. So, yeah. I think all the, the casuals are yeah getting uh, in on Homa these days. And the guy wins. Guy Late wins. Party. Yeah, he does. Like uh, he's like Chris Kirk back in the day. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let's uh, do uh, move on to the NFL. Then, obviously, Championship Sunday. We don't get the neutral site game, which everyone was bitching about. By the way, I'm sorry, I can't get worked up about it. I looked it up. The Giants have played two home uh, NFC title games. Ever. And I'm going to get worked up that like the NFL might have a neutral, extra neutral site game. I mean, if I was obviously, if I was a season ticket holder, that'd be one thing, but like how many people is that? Yeah. People get so worked up. We know the NFL tries to just make money any way they can. Every other game's neutral site. All the college playoffs is neutral site. The bowl, you know, the bowl games are neutral site. The Super Bowl is a neutral site. NCAA championship, you know, I mean, I just don't get why it's such a big deal that they would, that, ooh, they go to a neutral site, it ruins the atmosphere. Who cares? If you're watching on TV, who cares? Oh, it would have been electric in Atlanta. If, I agree. Bill so, Mafia would have been there. People, it would have been half and half. It would have been I don't get it. I really sick. just don't get the whole big thing. But anyway, it's not going to happen. Um, and now, of course, you have uh, the Bengals and the Chiefs for a second straight year. Seems unimaginable that the Bengals could do it again but if Mahomes is really hobbling with that uh high ankle sprain that's tough and then of course you have the Niners and the Eagles so guys any uh early moves I mean there's been a lot of movement in that um that KC uh Bengals yeah. going back and forth now I already put a little money on the on KC I just I love Burrow love him but I just god KC has to win this game they can't lose back-to-back AFC title games at home you mentioned the Mahomes injury reminds me. Maybe we could do this in a second, but your boy Warren Sharp making an absolute fool of himself. This he past. did twice, two separate occasions, saying I'm that glad that was people a dirty, saw. Sorry, go ahead. Saying that that was a dirty hit, which was not. I mean, it was. I'm glad you're pointing it out tackle. because I saw that tweet. It makes no sense. How is that? I'm a Mahomes guy, and it sucks if he's right. If his legs stiffen up, stiffens up this week, and he isn't 100. percent But that was the most like. What else could they possibly take away from the defender that they've already yeah. taken away? So now you can't even like bring the guy to the ground. That that was, and then the three. I I watched it like because I was driving home from Vermont, had nothing better to do. My wife was driving, I wasn't driving. Um, the three minute long nonsense about the ref and the oh, I know. bills. And like, I this guy's duped people into believing he's some genius, and he's saying oh. that the NFL is. In the Bills' pocket, that was very strange, and he got clowned on accordingly for it. But like Rex Chapman, he he got all the views and the attention, so he wins at the end of the day. But I had to get that off my chest. I can't stand that guy. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Burrow, you had a terrible weekend. He had a bad weekend, but he had a good weekend too. If it's about getting attention, Um, I don't know. You said it before about Burrow. He's he's unbelievable. I I I have nothing bad to say about him. I can't bet against like you can't bet against them ever. I didn't, yeah. thankfully. And I wanted to because it seemed so like sharp 
Bills, obviously, everyone's saying, oh, the bet too many points for the Bengals. Figured the Bills would bring their A offensive game, and he just sucks the life out of it for, for the opposition. And they were missing three offensive linemen. Yep. It was, you know, too obvious of a bad bet looking back on it, which I made too. Um, I think I would go Cincy. I think the Mahomes injury, like it affects him a little bit. And I've said all along this Chiefs defense isn't that impressive. So I don't know. I think it's a an insane, insanely good game. Um, the market's moving in Cincy's direction. It's probably where I'd go. Um, then Philly, I'd probably go Philly. They just looked so damn good against the Giants, and the Giants have been playing really well. It seemed like they had a good plan, a good scheme for Philly too, and Philly just fucking kicked them in the, in the mouth. So, um, and the 49ers like kind of struggled with Dallas. I know Dallas is playing better, but yeah, to me in Philly. Jalen Hurts yeah. looks back like, yeah, simple, simpleton handicap, but that's no, what I get. That home field is is terrifying for Philly. That's that's why you that's why you go after the one seed for yeah for that reason. Um, and yeah, Purdy, yeah, Purdy looked a little shaky yesterday at times, but obviously won the game. Hasn't lost a game in the NFL. I was I was impressed. It was my first time really watching him. I was impressed. Obviously, I don't think he's like a star, but he's he's very solid. Uh, yep. And their team as a whole, oh my god, it's incredible! It's going to be sad for them if they don't if they don't win it. Yes, this is like how many times with them now? It's like the window is. Obviously I think the closing. I think the winner of that game is going to yeah. win it all. For sure. I think the two best teams. I but I agree with you, Steve. The Eagles looked so impressive as well. I mean, it's hard to see them losing, but maybe the Giants just laid an egg. I don't know. Um, man, the only thing I could say of the Niners, I could see them, you know, if it's a shootout, I could see them not because they like to really grind it a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see them losing if for some reason it got into a shootout, but their defense is so good. I just it's hard to imagine that happening. Yeah, do we are you going are we going back to the unders? Both those defenses are great. So, so yeah, I've been betting every under. Um, under play. Geez, I might just do it. Um, I mean, I might as well keep them going. It's tough. Yeah. God, I think I'm going to lean with the Eagles and the and the Chiefs, and then Eagles over Chiefs title game. That'd be a good one. Both would be yeah, nine. Yeah, Bengals yeah, would well, be the callback of all callbacks. Yeah. 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 No, it's true. If if Mahomes is healthy. I can't, the Chiefs can't lose that game, but he's obviously not healthy. Um, yeah, it's a matter of what, what he can give them. Uh, Kelsey is so freaking good. I mean, <laughs> touchdown, even when Mahomes isn't in the game, it's crazy. By the Collinsworth, way, Collinsworth about the incomplete pass is the funniest thing. I hate Collinsworth, but yeah. I thought that was so funny. And he's yeah. just like, I don't want to, what has, what's a good way to put it? It's like frothing at the mouth or no, like salivating over, uh, Patrick Mahomes throwing one in the dirt was incredible. Yeah, everything. I mean, <laughs> that was the Twitter joke in a nutshell. If if Mahomes does this, and he did it for an incomplete pass, and on the Lawrence bomb that was in Christian Kirk's bread basket, he goes, "I, I overthrew him." That was it's like he couldn't have made a better could throw. Not have made a better yard throw. throw. I, I again, I was impressed by Lawrence. I've been, I've yeah. a little. I don't think again. I don't think he's not in that top 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 five level but he's definitely in that like eight nine seven maybe and he's got the ceiling to to make to be even better that throw was a perfect throw i can't kill christian kirk for not making the catch there but he probably should have caught it um it's a tough it was against wake he would have caught it that's right dude i was gonna say all these guys that kirk game against wake in the bowl game i was like this guy's a freaking legend uh and uh, he's a great player he is they got clowned for signing him and he's he's a touchdown if he caught that ball, it's a different ball game. That was a hell of a throw by Lawrence. So he got screwed, and he got screwed on the fumble. He then threw the pick, but he originally they should have scored if it weren't for that fumble. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I like Eagles and Chiefs still. I- I'm not gonna fall. In- I'm not gonna fall into the Mahomes is too hurt to to play. Yeah. I'm gonna. I don't. I'm probably a sucker, but Henny's fine. Henny Henny took him 98 yards. <laughs> Wasn't Henny in another game last Shout year? Shout out Bone. When they went for it on like a fourth down with him and he threw it and he got the completion. I feel like Henny came into the game another time. Yeah. From well, they, it was the Browns game a few years ago. Okay, it came up clutch for them. 
Yeah, he did. He, he yeah. was Mahomes was out of the game and um Browns should have won. And he and he held the fort. Yeah, so like he he comes in and gives gives a you Michigan a Michigan man through and through. Yeah. Wow, good for him. <laughs> um, all right, any final thoughts? Or are we good? All I got. I guess we're good. I guess we're good. Okay. All right. All right. Well, anyway, thanks to everybody for listening. Thanks as always to our producer Greg Gottfried. Uh, please subscribe wherever you get your podcast, and we have another white whale guest on next week's show. That's all I'm going to say. So please check back next week to see who our guest is. See you. I know when you were out at Bandon, I got to tell the story quick. Your caddy, I think Chris and I had the same caddy, Craig. I don't know if you remember uh, your caddy out of Sheep Ranch. He said he carried your bag. Yeah, I remember him. Yeah, he was Yeah, he was in one of my videos. He was in one of the videos I did. <laughs> Dude is a legend. He's probably my favorite caddy I've ever had. <laughs> Yeah, it was the not stop blowing out there all four days. I was had enough golf for a week after that. It, was, it didn't stop blowing 25 miles an hour. Yeah. So that was fun. That's tough.